You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. And I just want people to understand that um, sometimes denial is not self-hate. Sometimes it is truly because people have not lived or experienced life in a safe space. And so that's why I try not to judge people and I encourage people not to judge someone that may be unaware or may be in denial. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on promoting Black unity worldwide through conversations that help us understand ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I am your host, Monique Russell. Today in the guest chair, I have the honor and privilege to introduce to you an amazing woman, sister friend, empowerment activist who is committed to transformation, growth, and healing of women. She's a mother, publisher, serial entrepreneur, speaker, and friend. She's an Oprah Winfrey ambassador, a global activist, building bridges, leading conversation, and shifting perspectives. You're going to have your perspective shifted in this conversation today. She is also the founder of TDR Brands, which includes Legacy Publishing Coordinators and When Women Heal, an empowerment community that helps women to advance using education, self-care, and economic empowerment. Tierra, it is my privilege to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Monique. I am excited to be here today. Yes. So Tierra, I always like to get started asking the guests, where would you want to be? If you could choose anywhere in the world that you could be right now, where would you want to be and why? I love that question, Monique, and I'm smiling. I'm sure you can hear my smile. Honestly, for me, it's less about where I would be and who I would be with, no matter where Mm -hmm. I am. So that's my honest answer. And that would be with my two children. Mm -hmm. If we were anywhere beside our home, it would definitely be South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) and it's I can't wait until we get me deep into the conversation because I had a very powerful and emotional moment this morning just reflecting on my growing journey and relationship and experiences in South Africa so I think it's very divine that we're having the interview today oh my goodness first of all I absolutely love South Africa I can't wait to go back. We're going to just dive right on in. 
Why did you pick South Africa? Tell us about that experience that you had. You know, Monique, I was going through my own healing journey before my first flight to South Africa, and I started having very intimate conversations and local retreats here in the United States. And I always heard that there's nothing like being in the motherland. As an Oprah Winfrey Network ambassador, I heard Miss Winfrey speak very highly of her experiences in South Africa, of course, with Nelson Mandela. Um, And the young ladies at the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls being in South Africa, there was always something I was researching or reading about as it pertains to South Africa. And then one of my mentors that you recently connected with, Lim Taylor, also known as Life, he also um, left the U.S. to live there for about 18 months. And he spoke very highly about his experience, his healing journey there, and how it really opened up his eyes um, to the world and to things that had not really been shared with us through our textbook experiences or through the media. And so he was really like that final um, push for me. And so during my healing journey, I felt that my spirit you know, was just yearning for that experience. I just knew it would be something powerful, rich, and authentic. That is so amazing. So, so it's safe to say that Miss Oprah Winfrey and life inspired you to go to South Africa. <laughs> they did. And you know what? Also, Miss Charlene Hunter-Galt, which she was the first African-American female to desegregate the University of Georgia. I attended the University of Georgia. And we also had an interview. I was able to interview her and she spoke about living in South Africa and entrepreneurship in South Africa. So there were a lot of signs for me and I eventually said yes. And I Mm -hmm. needed to say yes because I was in a space of intentional healing. So I didn't necessarily wait for the, the wall to fall, right? I didn't wait for life to just crumble. I feel like I said yes to the call. Mm. What I love about that is, you know, when you said you didn't wait for the, the walls to crumble, I, I hear that and I know that sometimes women feel as though that's when the push to make change or to embrace healing mm-hmm. happens. Like we're often pushed sometimes or encouraged or inspired to go through that healing journey because we're either fed up or we've had enough or the pain is too great, or maybe we are inspired by a vision that's greater than us. So when you talk about your journey of healing, if you don't mind me asking, what were you healing from? Like what, what inspired you to move to that level? Um, I would say that it was more so listening to myself and listening to my body and paying attention to what I need. And I think that if more people really pause and are honest about their quality of life, their state of mind, the state of their heart, if the reality they're living is really what they would call fulfilled, not what it looks like, but how they truly feel and are flowing through the world in their private spaces, 
as well as public spaces, for me, those two were not aligned. And so it wasn't like, okay, I started off with a checklist of things that say, well, this happened and I feel like a victim and I haven't had time to heal from it. It was more of embracing and admitting that I was not operating at my highest self in the in terms of fulfillment and inner peace and alignment in both public and private spaces. And so for me, I was able to identify that when you are a high achiever, you reach goals, you hit goals, and then you're um, still in your private space. And if you're honest, you're asking yourself, am I really fulfilled? What's off about this? Or if you're having constant arguments with a loved one or friend, like you can only water that down or try to normalize it and excuse it for so long. Like you just get to a point where you start to honor yourself. You start to want peace to be the norm, not just that two-week vacation throughout the year, right? (laughs) Or these things that you're putting on your calendar. For me, I wanted that to be my way of life. And so that meant being honest. That meant deprogramming. That meant reflecting. And that helped me to identify things that I had not really had time or taken time to fully address. Mm, That's good. Wow, Tiara. I think the whole aspect of people being honest is a big challenge sometimes um, when we're not really sitting in that space to say, okay, I may be successful on the outside, but that, that inner peace, that inner fulfillment, it may be off, but sometimes we're in denial. And it sounds like for you, that, that call or that yearning, which led you to South Africa, it just opened up an entirely new way of living or being. And there was one post that you shared the other day, um, a while back on your social media, and it talked about how we experience life is dependent upon our approach and thought process. And when I saw that, I said, this is actually a really powerful statement. And I want to know from you, as it relates to your thought process, after the healing journey, do you think that, or did you feel there was any difference in how you embraced others around you? Yes. Um, And I do want to answer that, Monique, don't let me forget, but I want to go back and really clarify that my healing journey um, began far before South Africa. South Africa actually was an awakening within the healing journey. I was yearning to get there, but my visit to the Grand Canyon in 2012 was the catalyst. I visited there after hosting my first small mini uh, speaking tour and I was doing what I love. It was clear that I love helping women, sharing information, not holding back, You know, I wasn't doing it for any other reason than to help and share what I knew as a bootstrapping entrepreneur. And I couldn't understand why if I was doing what I love, 
and I could do it and not watch the clock and not, you know, just, it was just, you know, when you're in that space of passion Mm -hmm. and you're happy, right? When I was alone, I wasn't as happy. I wasn't as fulfilled. And that helped me to identify that there was a disconnect. Most people are unhappy with work that they're doing and they're happy when they're home or something like that, right? And so for me, it was a little bit of the opposite. And I was alone in D.C. after that that tour stop. And in that hotel room, I remember just looking out, staring out at D.C. And I'm like, what is off? Like my career started to take off financial opportunities, collaborative opportunities, uh, PR and media opportunities, all the things that someone would want. Um, For me, it was like, wow, um, what am I not hearing within myself? What am I not admitting within myself? Why haven't I become my own project? I've been um, reaching for goals and reaching for accomplishments and reaching for validation unknowingly, right? Sometimes we don't realize that's really what we're reaching for. Um, And you're like, wow, no matter what I accomplish, when I really get still and honest, something has not been addressed. And so it wasn't like I knew what it was, but I knew what I felt. And I don't think many people really give honor to what they're feeling. And so my visit to the Grand Canyon right after that, the Grand Canyon is so huge. I felt like an ant standing there looking and I could not process the magnitude of it. I had so many questions. It was kind of overwhelming trying to even take it in because it's that massive. It stretches from one state to a next. You can't take it all in at one time. And I felt God saying, I had not caught up with my own growth. Hmm. Every conversation we have plants seeds. When I listen to you, you're pouring seeds into me. You listen to me, you're taking seeds from me. I had spoken to at least 10 different states at this point very quickly in a year, 10, 12 states. And you have all these experiences with women, you're interacting, but have you stopped? Have you paused? Have you processed? It's like throwing buckets of, of seeds just out across the field and not realizing that all of this is inside of you and you have not paused to process it at all. You've gone from college to corporate America, to motherhood, to being a wife, military spouse, laid off, now entrepreneurship, now speaking tour, like pause for real. Like just become your own project. You've given a hundred percent to everybody else, to everything else. Give yourself at least a season of being your own priority. And that's what the Grand Canyon did for me. And so with that surrender and that yes, and that spiritual experience, life changed after that trip. And that was about four years prior to my first journey to South Africa. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I mean, that right there is another life lesson that the whole healing 
um, journey is ongoing. So it's not just that one and done. It started in, in the Grand Canyon. And then four hours later, you're, you're even going to deeper levels of healing and growth and transformation. And I hear you say some powerful things in here. Be your own project, honor the feeling, be honest with the state of fulfillment that you are at and process your growth, like seriously stopping to process your growth. And I feel that this is something that is extremely connected to this show because, you know, Bridge to You is really all about sharing those stories and helping helping our listeners to see the type of growth process, transformation, and or mindset mm-hmm. that that you have to have in order to embrace Black cultures, Black people worldwide. We right. know that there is there are feelings of division and divisiveness among uh, Black cultures, but when I see you and I hear you, Tierra, I am always inspired and always in admiration because I say, wow, this is, this is a woman who, who is all about sharing her story, using her, her voice, but with the goal of building a bridge. I have seen you connect with Black cultures everywhere, the Caribbean, Africa, the United States, the UK, wherever you name it. And I always wondered, how did you develop this mindset? What was your journey? What was your process? And you're sharing this with us right now about stopping, being honest, being your project, processing it. And when you say process and you say pause, I'm hearing that that's a part of that journey of healing. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who feels as though they don't need to heal. They don't need to process. They don't need to, they're good. Maybe they're not aware, but they do need it. Okay. So if we're speaking about someone that needs it, but maybe in denial of needing it, that's different than someone that could truly be in a fulfilled, peaceful place because they've already honored their truths right they're not they are not attached or finding validation through titles and um, relationship statuses and these things like can you truly value who you are without any of that and for the person who may be in denial or unaware I would ask them to sit and ask themselves some very honest questions, right, about their self-worth, what they value, who values them, who they love, who loves them, why. Is it about who you are or what you do? You know, there was a time when I was nervous to do live videos without makeup and we make excuses for, you know, certain things that do bring us comfort, but they're also helping us to identify maybe an insecurity. And I just want people to understand that um, sometimes denial is not self-hate. I've heard people say that sometimes it is truly because people have not lived or experienced life in a safe space. 
And so that's why I try not to judge people. And I encourage people not to judge someone that may be unaware or may be in denial. Because if they've not been in a safe space to truly be accepted and not judged, to truly be exposed to something different, to something of peace, something of beauty, of people who are not pulling at them for their own agenda, but just valuing who they are. If they've never experienced that, then they are just functioning, existing, and living right in a society the best they can to survive. And they've created whatever fulfillment or happiness looks like based off what they've been exposed to. Mm. Look, I, I told you guys that Tierra was going to be bringing some nuggets in <laughs> here today. <laughs> Unaware is not self-hate. That right there is tweetable. It's quotable. Make sure that you capture that. I want to jump now back to the South Africa experience, because okay. when you talk about exposure and just having the exposure of something new and not really um, having that in the past, but now you have the exposure, you talked about life having a new way of seeing things as well. So when you went to South Africa for that first time, or maybe any other time, how did you prepare for the cultural um, exchange? And did you have any experiences that maybe going there, you had one view and then actually being on the ground, your view of what South Africa would be like changed? You know, I would say that there is not a way to truly prepare for it. It was more so um, the intention of the visit, right? Kind of guided it. And for me, it was at least having a sister there that I had been introduced to through WhatsApp virtually who was waiting. And I think that's so special when I even think back. Um, life, Lim Taylor. I made a virtual introduction and having that person that I could connect with initially um, really helped. And so that really started to um, make me feel a little bit more comfortable with like sharing my vision and intention for me and the other ladies coming there for the first time. My expectation before going was really centered around knowing that I would be home in a sense. I just felt like, wow, I'm going to experience what it feels like to be home, to be in a place that I really come from, not, not as a visitor. I don't know why it didn't feel like I was returning as a visitor. It felt like I'm returning home. Um, in my spirit. And so I was really looking forward to what that would feel like. The first flight over was very exciting. Um, of course, you know, it's over 8,000 miles in the air <laughs> and going with a group for the first time versus my family or my, you know, my children or friends or by myself. Um, it really put me in a space where I was experiencing it and leading, and healing, and serving at the same time, right? And so that was, that was still a lot because I'm trying to take it in, 
and process. I'm also being a bridge and a connector from sisters who live there, hosting our first round table with the group of women I was bringing. So I was still in that servant role. And I had just come out of my divorce, which was finalized just a couple months before that. So I feel like we made it to Africa, but I had a broken wing. And I knew I had a broken wing and we still made it. When I say that, I mean emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. And I was not even realizing how much healing I needed. There were times in my own personal private space during that trip where I just cried. And I was so thankful. I took my mom for the first time there. Um, I do want to add that. Um, I surprised her on my birthday and said, will you come to Africa with us for the first time? So she was a part of the group and we had mother-daughter conversations as well. So it was powerful being there. I felt like I was with my sisters. It surprised me how authentic it was. There was no icebreakers needed. It was more like your soul just felt welcome for real. It wasn't what we're taught in this country. When we enter a new space, you assess it. You have to kind of fill out the room, know your space, and know how to move. There, it was complete love. It was when we hugged, we hugged and it was almost like, who's letting go first? So, you know, when you experience that, that's healing in itself. It's not a checklist of what you do to heal. When you experience that in itself, that's acceptance, that's sisterhood, that's love. And you can't help but bring that back. Even when I have differences with people or I don't get along with someone I don't have to pretend to get along with them because the more you feel that love and acceptance, you embrace your truth. And even in awkward moments or moments where you may be sad or, you know, frustrated or having a conflict, when you know what genuine love and sisterhood feel like, it allows you to walk in that authentically, no matter if, you know, a relationship is to continue in your life or not. You have a sense of peace because you can better recognize what's real. Wow. So Tiara, you said something here where you talked about that feeling of just being safe, that feeling of being home, that feeling of not feeling like a visitor or sort of being on the outskirts or outside, it just really felt like you were being home. And, and, then, and then taking your mom to experience the same thing with you. I wanna get to understand this. So do you have South African heritage? No. You mentioned us in here in the US, having this thing where we're taught where when we're going into these spaces, this is how we move. You know, we, we are, we're almost having our, our guard up. And, and it can cause a barrier to connection. So growing up in this environment where that, that type of education or that type of connection was dominant, 
And then now getting to that place of I'm feeling just safe and open and comfortable even outside of my my hometown. How was that feeling of openness or sisterhood cultivated within you? I will say that a lot of healing, self-awareness, admitting my own flaws, admitting my own selfish ways, admitting where, you know, it's hard. You know what, Monique, I really haven't even met a lot of people who admit their own flaws. Like people say they do, but I haven't really met a lot of people who have a conflict, pause and come back and say, let me do introspection. You know. I really need to check that or I really may need to go back and have that conversation or maybe they were right. A lot of times people have a knee-jerk reaction to look at the other person. It's always the other person. Then it's a victim mindset. And I think I realize in some of these safe spaces that when we admit and recognize that we're the common denominator, And if you keep getting similar results, similar responses, similar feedback from people who do not know each other, at some point you have to sit there and be honest with yourself. And for me, being an entrepreneur, being a hard driving, ambitious person, I needed to pause because I was lacking in emotional intelligence, which people don't want to talk about. It's easy to talk about it from a corporate perspective. And we know how to show up and have conflict resolution, you know, with our suits and our briefcases and we're at a board table, right? And then we're mumbling all of their kind of different things up under our breath when we leave that room. It's like, for me, I want to be able to be me in in public and private and articulate what I'm feeling for real. I would have triggers and then depending on how intense it would get, I was disappointed at my own response. Forget somebody else being disappointed in me. I started being disappointed. I saw myself as a queen, but you're not behaving that way. You can behave that way when it's comfortable. You can behave that way when it's happy when life is good, but what do you do when that person disrespects you, when they betray you, when those triggers hit, when your team is dropping the ball and you lost a major contract? Like, who are you then? I wanted to be proud of myself for real. And I'm not perfect, but I am so proud of the woman that I've become and that I'm still becoming. And when I make a mistake, when I fall, if I do something and a trigger is still prompted, I don't mind coming back to have a hard conversation. But guess what? If that's not modeled before you and you don't know how to do it, you feel almost crippled until you learn that there is a such thing as emotional intelligence, but parents or your family, you know, um, did not go to an elite college or have a corporate background they may not have ever been introduced to it. So now you have empathy and you have compassion and you have grace because we're holding other people to a standard that is not even realistic for the life they lived. And so I just start connecting all of these dots and the Oprah Winfrey Network, really that was so organic and connecting with Miss Winfrey and all of that was organic 
because I was in the valley emotionally. I had become my own project. Right after I came home from the Grand Canyon, I start pulling back. I start detaching from things. I start letting things go. I start saying, no, I'm not available. The biggest project of my life has come on my desk. I'm not going to be available. I'll be in touch. I might not be at all these social gatherings, but just know I'm good. I'll reach out. And I truly did it for real. I'm not saying I I truly became, I'm like, I am going in. And the Oprah Winfrey Network, Miss Winfrey was launching her network at the same time as my surrender. And so it was like Ayala Fix My Life was giving examples of how those conversations could go. Masterclass was giving it. Life class was giving examples of questions we could answer and journal about, questions we could go ask our family members. And then you would see other people erupt on TV. So I wouldn't be shocked if somebody else erupted on me, Mm -hmm. but I was willing to go and try it. So that was the closest model for me that really kind of gave me specific questions, um, how the conversation could go if it was healthy, um, what I may be used to, and how, you know, they hold the mirror up to you. Look at yourself. You are the common denominator in every interaction. It can't be everybody else every time. Mm. Tierra, this is so good. <laughs> I got pages of notes <laughs> over here. This is so good. And, and what, 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 I, what I really want our audience to capture, especially if they've missed it, is the power. And this is a consistent theme that's coming up through our conversation, is that this power of your personal journey, like going inside out, that is the thing that really allows us to have the freedom to feel that love, to feel that peace, that inner peace, to feel that fulfillment, to have that connection with people hundreds of miles away from us, <laughs> even if we didn't have heritage. That's, that's why I really asked you if you had a South African background, because I want it to be clear that, okay, if you had a heritage in South Africa, our audience may understand why you were able to release and, and be open and connect. But it really wasn't that at all. You, you were also exposed to the same things that many of us in the United States are exposed to in terms of how to be guarded, how to look one way on the outside and one way on the inside. But it was really your journey, your inner journey of healing that empowered you and allowed you to experience all these things that so many other women, Black women, are yearning for and seeking for. Oh, and another thing that I liked about what she said too was even if your parents didn't have the tools, even if they didn't have the tools to model through the network that you observe, through the classes, through the content that you consume, you learned new ways and you embrace them and you utilize them. Mm. I want to let everyone know about that because, you know, this is where we're not blaming our parents or our history or our past, but it's that inner journey that allows the light to shine brightly and connect with others. For those that um, don't know, uh, where to be that, where to get that resource. I want to point specifically to When Women Heal. 
So if you can talk a bit about what When Women Heal is and, and how that organization that you lead could be a resource to facilitate the healing process, that would be great. Thank you so much, Monique. Um, I wanted to add on to something you said. I think that when you were asking me before, what was it about these connections or the exposure and the process that really allowed for it to really happen and connect with these people and women, you know, from all different backgrounds? I think what what happens is the more you learn about yourself and embrace it, it's not a surprise, but people can no longer use it against you as a weapon when you honor it and you decide whether you like it or not. Mm. And so when I say, I don't like that trait about myself, so it doesn't matter what family member, friend, spouse, coworker, boss points it out. Hey, I agree with you. And I'm working on that. Their power, they don't have power in that anymore. You've taken your power back because you're not judging yourself. You're not attaching shame. You're not attaching guilt and regret to who you are because you're not meant to be perfect anyway. It's the journey of accepting that, but choosing to say, I'm working on that. My responses to other people people changed because you don't get the automatic explanation or this insecure response that I think it makes people not show up fully. And I'm still working on it, right? I'm still letting other layers down as it's like a, a, a flower that continues to bloom. I see that happening within myself. And, you know, for me, trust is earned. And so you start to value that. I value that. I don't owe anyone an explanation about me. And that is so liberating. But to be able to say, but I truly want to connect. I truly value love. I truly value sisterhood. If it can be real and it can be authentic, let's do it. But I'm not defined by it. I don't need it. I don't have to be attached to you to honor me. So it's the vulnerability piece to say, I, I would like it. I would love to experience it, but I honor me and my truth more than the need to be attached or validated by you. Yes. Wow. So, and so this is the type of stuff. This, these are the type of tools and mindsets and belief systems that people can find within the When Women Heal. Yes. <laughs> to go back to when women heal. Yes. So whenwomenheal.com is it's a it's become it's growing and it's still evolving but it's the space where women come to take accountability for their healing journey. And we become the bridge for women to connect with other women who honor it but on our resource center page our videos and training guides. We've done this for several years now, and they can find the videos and trainings on that page for free and watch them in the privacy of their home, their car, journal, walk, listen to it, and do the inner work. 
and connect with other women who are excited about that journey. It's also a space where women start to collaborate because there are entrepreneurs and servant leaders. And so we have the Global Leadership Activism Summit every year to help facilitate and support that collaborative experience. And so um, winwomenheal.com backslash resource center is where people can go to tap into the free resources or join the Facebook group. And winwomenheal.com is where they go to find more about the annual summit that we have for women in business. Oh, fantastic. And so my final question before we wrap up, um, Tiara, is is there anything, I know that you have been so vocal in bridging the gap between people worldwide, that you had the summit, A Call for Healing, which was something that I also participated in as well. But if there's any bit of advice that you could leave for the audience who feel that maybe, you know what, I know that this divisive views and divisive feelings exists, but I really want to get to that space that Tier is talking about of healing, of inner peace, of connecting with others. What would you like to share? Honestly, Monique, it really comes from a heart space. And if someone truly wants that, they have to separate individual responses and generalizations and assumptions from each person and individual hearts, right? And so I think that it's easy to have a hurtful experience with someone and then shut out an entire group. And I think it's important that we create safe spaces to have honest dialogue and understand that People are still individuals. They have their own heart. They have their own mind. They have their own experiences. And if we reduce the assumptions and have these conversations, it makes room for us to connect organically and authentically. So for me, it always comes back to a heart space. I still have to catch myself at times. You know, we learn this, we talk about it, we hear it. But we also have to be able to, if we want to see change, we have to constantly commit to change ourselves, which means holding up our own mirror. Are you willing to hold up your own mirror? And it's easy to say, but I touched on it earlier. How many people are really doing it? How many people are really holding up that mirror? to themselves and saying, how am I even creating a safe space for the truth? If you can't do it with your children and your spouse, how are you trying to do it out in the world? That's the kind of truth I had to admit to myself. Wow. Well, Tierra, if our uh, guests would like to connect with you and continue the conversation and just be a part of your community, where can they find you? You know, they can visit tierradestinyread.com, join the email list. And from there, we will stay connected. They'll get updates as they come and they will hear more about the Win Women Hill Initiative and our publishing arm as well. So tierradestinyread.com would be the place for us to get connected. You guys heard it. 
I mean, you're going to have to listen to this episode at least three times. That's going to be your homework, your action item, because Tierra came and dropped a whole bunch of power nuggets. Be honest with yourself about fulfillment. Be your own project. Be your own project. Really honor the feelings that you have within. Connect before you actually connect. That means going on the inside out. Process the things that you have experienced, hold up a mirror to yourself. And my favorite, separate the responses, individual responses to avoid shutting out an entire group. Tierra Destiny Reed, it has been a fantastic <laughs> pleasure having you on the show. For those of you that are listening, you can always support the show by visiting my website, clairecommunicationsolutions.com. Listen to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clairecommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at clearcommunicationcoach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.